Please listen carefully. Hello, universe. Welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Summers McKay. And I'm Christy Jansen. And we are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news. We bring you reader-funded solutions news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions. Seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we are sharing these solutions in a commute-worthy, walk-worthy, home office-worthy, TGIF-worthy podcast. Today is Friday, the 20th of May, 2022. Happy Friday, Christy. How are you feeling today? Happy Friday, Summers. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm pretty good. It's uh, Thanks for taking care of the podcast for the bulk of this week while I was off doing other other things, but uh, nice to be here with you. <laughs> <laughs> we missed you. Uh, the storytelling was good, but we there were many times we thought, well, Christy should hear this or Christy would say that. Well, so. I've, been, I've been listening a little bit, you know. <laughs> oh, good. So. Oh, good. Well, and then it's my turn because tomorrow uh, or Monday, I'm not going to be on the pod because I'm traveling. So we're just, uh, you and I are like ships passing in the night right now, but it's fine. We're just busy. There's a lot going on in both our respective respective worlds. So So I just heard the most fascinating interview on NPR, basically I'm an NPR groupie, but it was with a woman who is a reporter uh, and a contributor, CEO, does a bunch of things, but she and her husband moved to the country with their children to take on a little homestead thinking it would be so much more peaceful (laughs) than living in the city. Turns out it's a lot of work, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Turns out managing a big property is... You know, you kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's job. It's a big job. You know, I have, I have a friend who I used to work with and who I've known for most of my life who Mm -hmm. bought a ranch out like a working ranch and they, Mm -hmm. and his partner trains horses and now they have like 20 some horses that they're, that they are boarding and she trains Mm -hmm. them and he's, and he's like a computer, like programmer type guy. But he's now become like we call him, you know, Farmer Bobby because he is. He has to. You have to get up. You have to feed the horses. They have right. chickens. He hasn't been able to take a real vacation for like three years because it's a lot of work, and and you can't just take a day off because you're you've got these animals that are depending on you for their survival. Yeah. Well, I do have a cat sitter and Denali is still <laughs> Denali is still at puppy camp. So we can take a mini little three day vacation with my with my husband and my daughter. But it's yeah, rewarding. It's, it's very it's rewarding, rewarding, but it is a lot is. of work. It is. And it is. And I, speaking of work, I guess both of us have kind of work stories today. Do we want to go do. right into the news we and do. talk about our headlines? I think we should. So I'll you I'll go first. first. Perfect. You go I'll first. go first. Because this is a topic that I find very interesting for a lot of reasons, but uh, in particular that I used to live in the Los Angeles area and was very familiar with the Port of Los Angeles. But my headline reads, U.S. trucking shortages might be at an end. Now, right now, economists, workers, and consumers alike are all holding their breath with the looming potential recession. And it's a lot to wrangle with while we all look at various economic indicators that might suggest good things are to come. Now, one major indicator of the U.S. economy is trucking. 
A key factor in supply chains and new data implies that trucking shortages may be coming to an end. Now, almost everybody in the U.S. probably remembers that the demand on trucking skyrocketed at the beginning of the pandemic, but simultaneously, supply chain issues confounded offload of product from different ports. And when production and demand rise, so does the demand for trucks to transport goods. There has been a significant upward trend in individual truckers negotiating individual transactions per load. Now, truckers are considered independent contractors. Yeah, well, let's talk about this because yeah. this is a new way of managing the labor and the trucking well, industry has shifted, right? No. So this no. is the old way. The old way is that truckers are largely considered independent contractors. Well, this is the new old way. And no, they, no, but that was – okay. it didn't used to be that way. It used to be trucking companies would pay you – an. it was a good job to be a t- trucker. It was a salary. Exactly. It was a salary. It was salary. a good job to be a trucker. And, it, and was it was a salary. It was – yes. That yeah. hasn't been the case. As the industry got unregulated, truckers became independent contractors. Independent they, contractors. They lose right. their sort of all of the – privileges that go along with, or the benefits rather, that go along with being an actual salaried employee. Well, and that's why when you said, is this new? I was saying, no, it's not because it's old and bad. (laughs) Meaning it's new, it's new, old, bad. So what it is, truckers currently are considered independent contractors and they are paid on a per load basis. And it is a very challenging situation when truckers are paid on a per load basis when there are supply chain issues preventing the offloading and onloading of loads, right? So this whole system kind of collapsed upon itself and we had a huge reduction in truckers who could afford to be truckers, right? Right. People had to leave the workforce during the COVID-19 shutdowns. And so- and when you have a labor market that there's other good jobs which are easier to do, there's a shortage in right. in drivers. There's a tremendous exactly. shortage in in, exactly. in people to drive those trucks. Right. Okay. So back to the story. Um, <laughs> that that data from truckstop.com shows that there was a dramatic increase in spot freight market rates around the February 2020 COVID-19 shutdowns. And the rates just kept climbing until January of 2022 when prices started to decline. Driver shortages are also going down and shippers will no longer have to aggressively compete to get their goods delivered. This also means a reduction in the whole supply chain bottleneck, like in Port of Los Angeles. In January 2021, 103 cargo ships were waiting to be unloaded by the Port of Los Angeles. My father and I used to literally go out and count cargo ships during COVID. And by May of 2022, that number had dropped to 39. There's also a 20% increase in the availability of shipping containers. And most of this is attributed to the increased availability of trucks and recent improvements at the Port of Los Angeles, recent improvements in efficiency. Now, Christy, whether or not there will still be a recession depends on so many other so factors. So many other factors. Right? This is just one leading indicator that is optimistic. I, and I think one thing, people are afraid of recession, but that's actually a natural part of the economic cycle, typically. And it's just that we have the great recession in our minds from 2008, 2009, where there was mm-hmm. such a horrible, long, deep recession Hopefully, if the economy does go into a, a recession, it'll be a short one, more like 
1991-92 when there was a recession. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of a dip and then it, a resetting of the economy. Because a lot of, a lot of the uh, current indicators are quite positive with our labor. Yes. We have very, very high labor participation right now. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of things that are hanging out yeah. there. China, trade tensions, right. the war in Ukraine. COVID is continuing. And I don't know where, I don't know how it is in Texas right now, but there's, you know, Northern California has some pretty severe outbreaks, low hospitalizations, but a lot of people are getting COVID. I know, like, I know seven people who have got COVID right now in my local yeah. community. Right. So, like, you know, it's just yeah. a lot of well, people are exactly there's there are a lot of inputs that can affect the economic health. But fortunately, what I will say is as we expand into this next wave of COVID, which is inevitable, our systems, our trucking, our ports, yeah. everybody has better efficiency and ability to participate in supply chain. And that supply Absolutely. chain can help elevate um, the economic response to another dramatic sort of chain of events. Right. And the thing, the thing that's interesting or that what the last couple of years have really shown us is how efficiency is not necessarily the greatest goal, which mm -hmm. that, and that has been efficient, efficient, efficient. That's why you want to get these truckers off your payroll and in their own little, you know, being their own little cottage industries, because that lowers the company's overhead. And it's, it, as long as everything's running smoothly it, and you can, you can be efficient, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it, that you do that at the cost of resiliency. And you see that when you have like with a baby well, formula shortage, shortages right, right now, where you have only one factory that makes forty percent of all of the formula in the in the United States, and it goes offline. You run out well, of formula. and this is this is also a very good reminder, and you know any sort of stoppage in the ability to pay uh, independent contractors, right? There's a lot of things that get in the way when independent contractors get stuck, right? Mm -hmm. And this reminds organizations that actually it can be more productive to have people in in their payroll in their fold you know but re-envisioning the labor model you know so that's and which is my story actually let's go to my story which okay. also talks about labor yes taking into account the importance of the workers who work for you which is i think what trucking is starting to ha realize they have to pay th pay their truckers a little bit differently as well it has implications for all different industries and my headline is about a different industry, but also about labor. And this is just a little snapshot. It's not necessarily a huge industry, but it, it is telling for the shift in thinking around how workers get treated in the uh, United States. Headline reads, architects redesign their industry labor model. Now, this is, this is a, a kind of interesting story because it's about a niche industry, architecture. It's a profession that's often seen as kind of a glamorous, creative, lucrative job where individuals, designers get their names on monument, you know, construction projects, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, these big buildings that are a skyscraper or a house, you know, the Lloyd, you know, Andrew Lloyd, no, Andrew Lloyd Webber's, <laughs> the, the Frank Lloyd Wright at, at, you know, those iconic houses in the Western United States that become sort of sexy. They speak to a moment. But the truth is that in most of architecture, an individual's effort, and even the whole team, it takes, it's a collaborative work, is generally tied to the firm that they work for. It's not usually any particular architect's name. 
So if you're a partner in a firm, it's you get the the benefit of that. It's not you as a creative individual. And for a junior architect whose work week can run from 40 to 60 hours, skilled professionals usually are not given a lot of power or a lot of recognition. These young young professionals who are architects generally come out of school with around $40,000 in debt and pretty low salaries. Then there's the competitive management culture, which has firms promising clients accelerated deadlines for projects that, frankly, design teams can't meet. Um, and so the individuals who are mm-hmm. in those roles are compelled to put in more and more hours often without overtime pay. So this is a white collar profession, which is now saying, hey, wait a second, we want some work-life balance. And I think that's what's happening in a lot of the labor discussions in the United States. Conventional thinking around labor has been like factory workers unionizing or or school teachers, which is also a really hard job. (laughs) And those are the, the professions that have traditionally had labor unions. But now skilled labor is starting to come out and demand more fair mm-hmm. conditions. And there's mm-hmm. so there's a trend here in the architecture field. The reason I'm interested in this is that it's, yeah. it's indicative of an overall shift in how people are thinking about their jobs and in how workers are thinking about how they want to work and how they can work within corporate culture. So it's a critique of that. Mm-hmm. Well, and we, we're seeing here in my area a big challenge as far as hiring people in Austin for all of the tech companies because so many of the tech companies traditionally have had, you know, a lot of financial benefits, but the work-life balance or work expectation was really, really off. And people's, you know, really worked incredibly hard for a ton of money, but didn't have much balance. And people and employees and are really saying, look, I want to be a contributing member to society. I want to do good work. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. And I want to advance the company's goals. And I want the benefits of being able to have a family and to be able to have a life right. and to be able to have other components of what makes me me. And so I think employees, you know, are stepping into their power and as we know how we run the Optimist Daily, like that is imperative because then productivity, and again, to your point earlier, efficiency is not necessarily the goal. Productivity, output, success of the work that we intend is where right it and feels good. productivity, yeah. but also retention. It costs a lot to train a new worker. It costs a yep. lot to hire. And when you have people who are burned out and stressed out and just want to quit, <laughs> you right. know, in the long run, yes, you get a lot. You, it's like squeezing all the juice out of that lemon, which is right. your employee. In the end, you end up with a dried out, you know, shell yeah. of a lemon instead of a juicy, you know, right. continuing to produce, you know, <laughs> fruit. Instead of Eating the tree. Exactly. You're squeezing the you're lemon. Squeezing right? the lemon. Okay. <laughs> All right. So enough like gardening labor <laughs> metaphors, but obviously Christy but... and I are pretty fired up about the economy <laughs> right now. <laughs> but so it's it's just interesting because what this is a signal of is the tight labor market, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. And right. yes, we may be looking at a downturn in terms of growth, 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 but Maybe if we come out on the other side with a better balance in terms of our labor uh, practices, you're gonna we're gonna end up with happier happier society all over. <laughs> yeah, well, that's our exactly. Hope. So if you're an employer, do the best you can for your employees because you need them, and without yeah. them, you won't have a yeah. company. Right. So right. Yeah. You know, 
That's all I got. What else do we have on today's Optimist Daily? Well, other headlines today. There's an uh, article that gives you 13 strategies to help kick your smoking habit if you have one. Best things you can do to improve longevity and overall health is to not smoke or quit mm-hmm. if you do now. There's an invention that extends strawberry shelf life. In my grocery store last week, there was a note that there's a some virus that's been going around. So strawberry, the strawberry supply is tight it's right now. Limited, limited Yikes. strawberries. So this is a, an article about extending your strawberries shelf life. A UK-based walking group was making strides in men's mental health. I almost talked about this story. May is Mental Health Awareness Month and very important. Men's mental health is something uh, that, which is unique because men are um, often not as easy to talk about their feelings. Right, their mental health, yeah. Also, there's a fascinating article about fascinating facts about bees to help celebrate bee day. (laughs) What else, Summers? That one was hard for me not to pick, but I think everyone knows my bee fetish. Your bee fetish. (laughs) Meet the animals that refuse to go extinct. This swimming robot shows how bacteria move. Menopause Education in the Workplace Part 2 and Dramatic Success in Clinical Trials of a Novel Asthma Treatment. That and much, much more, as always, is available on the Optimist Daily. Guys, take some time this weekend. Check out some old articles. Go search through stuff that inspires you. Share it with friends. We promise we'll continue to share positive solution-based stories with ideas on how you can participate in this changing world and ensure it is changed for the good. We promise to cover the current events with accuracy, legitimate sources, and offer you the information needed most to chart new paths for all of us. And please consider becoming an emissary on theoptimistdaily.com to help support reader-supported independent journalism that is The Optimist Daily, starting at just $5 a month. And you can also support us for free by sharing our stories, putting them out on social, forwarding to friends. Leave a positive review for our podcast on Apple or Spotify. Help more people find us. However you do it, be part of the solution-changing consciousness that addresses our world's biggest challenges with a problem-solving mindset. And help us keep The Optimist Daily free to all who need it, supported by those of us who can. Thanks, everybody, and we'll be back on Monday with more solutions.